Finding your healthy you should look like freedom. Join me as we discover healthy, life-giving practices and build a lifestyle that you love. In God's strength, we do this one day at a time. You're listening to episode number 114 of The Beautiful Day Project. There are many reasons we struggle with our weight and making healthy choices during the holidays. And no, it isn't because the universe is working against you. It is simply a season with some circumstances that need to be thoughtfully approached and handled. Hi, sweet sister. Are you needing some extra support and guidance this holiday season so that you can maintain your weight or possibly even lose a few more inches or pounds? Well, I have something perfect for you. Right now, you can join my weight loss membership for only $5 a month, giving you access to my Christ-centered weight loss course, a fabulous community of like-minded women, plus have the monthly challenges designed to keep you in control around food while still enjoying the holiday season. Are you interested? Go to lauraarmandaris.com forward slash weight loss for more information. As I record this podcast, Halloween is over and Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I can already feel the rise in emotions, positive and negative, that come with the holidays. It's so funny. The students at school, they're all ready for a break. Everyone is battling burnout. And the thought of cutting loose and doing something fun is difficult not to focus on. I can imagine what you are feeling right now with holiday shopping, social gatherings, financial discomfort, and possibly some family or friend friction adding to your stress levels. So first of all, I want to reassure you that you are normal and those feelings come with someone who cares, right? If you didn't feel that way, you would mean that you didn't care about things. As I coach women, there are some common emotions and scenarios that are especially keen at getting us to start emotional eating. We're going to dig into those areas in this episode and draw out some ideas that that should make us feel more peaceful and stronger. For each of these scenarios, I'm going to offer you some thoughts and some questions that you can use as journaling prompts so that you can feel like you're the one in charge of the food again and not your emotions. Okay, so the first scenario is just the classic fear of missing out. So many things happen during this time of the year with special food that can feel really difficult not to go overboard on. So let me ask you, is there absolutely no way that you could eat this drink or eat this, eat that or drink that food? If you eat it slowly and really think about it, how much do you really enjoy it? And what makes it feel special? There is a good possibility that you could eat this food anytime if it was worth cooking or ordering or buying. Also, when you stop to think about the flavors and the textures, On a scale from 1 to 10, how much do you really enjoy this food? Be honest. 
Often we combine memories and expectations of time with family and friends, and we make the food in our minds better than it really is. If this is the case, you can start shifting some of those expectations about about the experience and enjoyment of the activities onto the talking and the spending time with loved ones instead of it being about the food or the drink. And um, that would really, really help you in that situation when you're afraid of missing out on the food. Okay. Okay. Well, the next scenario is overwhelm. (laughs) This is the one that hits me the hardest. During the holidays, I struggle with perfectionism. I want to do it all. I want to make it all amazing. And I don't want to be responsible for family or friends missing out on anything. Then you guessed it. it I completely get overwhelmed and burned out by December 10th, if I'm not careful. And then I could spend the rest of the holidays fueled by caffeine and sugar. It's important (laughs) to recognize that not everything needs to be perfect and that we are able to put things down if we need to. So here's a journaling practice that really helps me. It's very simple, but it just helps me recalibrate, refocus, and breathe, okay? Number one, I write everything down that I think I need to do. Number two, I schedule things, prioritizing what is really the most important. Number three, I give things up that aren't going to fit. I just give myself that gift of saying, you know what? If I do all these things, I'm not going to enjoy anything. So I'm giving this one up or that one up, or all of them up, (laughs) whatever needs to happen. And then the last one, number four, I write down affirming messages about who I am in God, who I am as a wife, and who I am as a mother that have nothing to do with beautifully wrapped presents or homemade potluck dishes. Okay, so it's just an easy practice, okay? All right, the next scenario is that need to make a celebration special. Food is often a central focus of holiday celebrations. That's cultural. It's fine. I mean, it is truly a part of almost every culture in the world because everybody needs to eat and we all enjoy yummy food, right? So for those holiday celebrations, both the ones that we host and the ones we attend, food is a central focus. And since we focus so greatly on that, we tend to feel like we need to indulge in those food items, right? But I want you to consider this. What really makes time with the people you love special? I have noticed that celebrations are the most special when I make memories and I connect with the people that I love. And when I concentrate on that, when that's my focus, I don't usually make memories via stuffing my mouth. Instead, it's playing games, sharing stories, feeling seen and heard, and really making those moments special when we're listening to people, laughing with them. So how can you create those moments, right? I just challenge you to concentrate on planning things to do and topics of conversation with all the vigor that you're putting into thoughts of food. Try journaling the answers to these questions just to get started. So what do you love about friends or family that you will be spending time with? What do you miss the most about them when you are not around each other? What kinds of activities does everyone enjoy that's not food? (laughs) And what could you prepare in advance to 
make that happen to get it started. Okay, the next scenario um, is social discomfort. Inevitably, there will be a less than enjoyable social gathering. It could be anything from boredom to just anger, downright anger, that can taint the t- just taint the time that we spend with others. So whenever we feel discomfort of any kind, of any um, level, right, it's really normal for our brain to suggest something that it knows will bring us pleasure to curb that disappointment or that discomfort. And it's very normal for our brain to offer us food. And then since we're usually around a lot of enjoyable food, it is also very normal to find yourself at the buffet table or appetizer trays. I empathize with you on a really deep level. Um, As I've shared before, Michaela has a lot of disabilities and it makes going to some social gatherings a little difficult. I have to keep her safe. I have to make sure she's interacting with others. And sometimes there's a lot of people there that don't know her, you know. Um, So my concentration ends up being with her. And for a lot of years, I used to feel so frustrated, which is very normal. Um, I just felt frustrated that that's what I had to be doing instead of what everybody else was doing. Um, And you know what? I just learned this exercise and it saved me. Okay. So what I would do is I would write down the experience. So I would pretty much relive one of those social gatherings that made me so uncomfortable um, and frustrated. And I just write down what all the things that happened. Right. And the next thing I did was just deliberately remember what was enjoyable and being honest with myself about what I could have did differently that would have helped. Lastly, um, the next time we went out with family, especially if it was a very similar social experience, I made a plan before I left. And then I also deliberately lived as fully in the present moment as I could. Okay. So with that in place, a plan and the determination to live in the moment, it didn't change a ton of what happened in those social situations. But instead of feeling really frustrated and bored, I actually learned to enjoy the experience with Michaela. It was funny because the whole time I had this great opportunity to spend quality time with my daughter and really get to see life through her eyes, all these new experiences that she was going through. And guess what? It was incredibly, and it still is very enjoyable to do that with her. So I'm just going to go through that process again. Okay. So number one, relive the unpleasant social experience on paper. Number two, make a plan for what you could do differently next time and commit to living in the moment. Number three, practice being in the moment and enjoying the little things, even when the big things don't go the way you wished. Okay. Here's the last one. And one that we forget about All right, well, physical exhaustion, that's a scenario that can really bring the holidays down. Here's the the kicker, you are going to get tired. It isn't just the late nights or the extra activity. There is just the combined experience of all the things that we have just discussed. Often we forget that the extra emotional and mental stress equals more physical stress. The holidays more than ever might be an important season to prioritize sleep. Maybe you should try to get a little nap in during the late afternoons or early evenings, or even turn in early a few nights a week if you can. You might find that physical rest will help you in 
all the areas that we have just discussed. Staying present, enjoying time with family, handling stress, coping with discomfort, all of that, if you are rested, becomes more easy to do. And without that rest, you will find yourself deeply tempted to try to care for yourself in less than healthy ways. Like your brain's still going to try to find a way to ease your stress and ease your discomfort and bring you energy. So what can you do? Well, first I want you to repeat after me, sleep is one of the most important ways I can care for myself and others. Say it again. Sleep is one of the most important ways I can care for myself and others. Seriously. Now for a week, I want you to try keeping a sleep log or if you wear some sort of um, smartwatch or, you know, Fitbit, that kind of thing, you could just pay attention to the data on it, especially if you're wearing it at night. And then lastly, look at your calendar and just plan those naps, plan those early nights, schedule them, set an alarm on your phone and give yourself that gift that will make rest (laughs) um, easier. And then it'll just make this season, this Christmas season seem brighter and warmer and more peaceful than ever. Okay, sweet sister, I'm so proud of you. You're doing such a great job. I love how you are showing up in this part of life where you are, this, who you take care of, where you are, who you work with. you like, God has planted you as a light that's shining warmly right where you are during the holidays. If you want to dig into any of these areas a little deeper and you want those, those steps or those questions, those journal prompts, just remember you can go to my website, lauraarmandaris.com and click on podcasts and it's all right there. All my love to you. Happy holidays. God bless you. I'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends if it was helpful. I love being here for you. Visit my website to read more about my life and my work at lauraarmandaris.com. That's L-O-R-A-A-R-M-E-N-D-A-R-I-Z. And of course, you can always find everything linked in the podcast notes. This life coach is not a licensed health professional. Always consult your physician or mental health professional when considering health changes or weight loss regimes.